to This Grit and Grace Life, a podcast for strong women and those who want to be. From the boardroom to the bedroom, car lines to college, single, married, or single again, real talk for women embracing this grit and grace life. Let's get into it. Welcome to This Grit and Grace Life, and I'm Darlene Brock, and I just want to start by saying if you have not listened to our interview with Cameron James, you need to because it's part one, but today we're going to share with you part two. And I'm Julie Graham, and I have been waiting for Tuesday because we kind of left our friends with a little bit of a cliffhanger as we got the opportunity to hear about Cameron's difficult journey with health challenges with her daughter. And so she talked about facing those mountains, and now she's about to tell us about the next big mountain she and her family faced. Yeah. So after Elise was released from the hospital, we all did genetic testing. You know, I think that was, again, something I'm like, I, I now I got to wrap my head around my daughter has this ultra rare disease. And I think that was, um, you know, I, I got to learn about this. I need, I, I got to, I got to, I just kind of mm-hmm. dove all in. And so that was one of the things that we did was this genetic testing, because this is a you know, genetic disease for the most part. There are still about 50% of the cases that they haven't been able to find the the genetic mutation, but they think that's just because science hasn't found them yet. So we did this genetic testing and and got to, was revealed that James was the carrier, you know, so I, Belize has something called an MCP mutation and, and 10% of all people with the disease, which I should tell you the name of the disease. It's called AHUS, atypical hemolytic uremic syndrome. And the MCP mutation came from James. And I ended up, interestingly enough, I got, <laughs> I got pregnant right after Elise got out of the hospital. Mm. And um, I didn't want to do the, t- the, I did testing right away because sometimes pregnancy can trigger this disease and I, I was negative. And with my son, we wanted to wait till he was born because it wasn't worth risking. You know, we didn't do an amniocentesis right away. So after, so, so I was tested I'm negative. Kate is negative. And it found out that James was the carrier. And, you know, we were, we were told nowadays with genetics, just because you have a mutation doesn't mean the disease will ever manifest. And again, the, the odds of him manifesting for every million, there are two to have two in my own family, pretty, pretty rare. But in the back of my mind, always knew that it was a possibility. So last year, um, we had just gotten back from, uh, this was May of 2017. You know, one of the things that God did, again, how does God turn something good from a negative was, you know, because I wanted to learn about this disease, got connected to the AHUS Foundation, started, you know, doing some speaking and telling our story. And then we were invited through a charity because that was another thing of God's provision. I never dreamed there would be anybody that would want to alleviate any part of the financial burden for us. Um, Cause we now, because of this medicine that thankfully our insurance, you know, covers, we hit our max family out of pocket, you know, every year indefinitely. Mm-hmm. And there was a charity that the pharmaceutical company that makes our drug, they keep track of all the patients. Cause there's so few of us in the world who are on this drug, they told us about this charity and this charity came alongside it and helped us. Mm-hmm. And then they said, would you want to come and help lobby? There is right now a misguided federal policy that allows private insurance companies to reject third-party financial assistance for people who have rare diseases and ultra-rare diseases. P- third parties like churches and charities and civic unions, there are 42 states that are able to go, you know what, we will not take your check. 
we will only take the patient's check. And a lot of, you know, which is criminal because it, it's not one. I think if anybody wants to come alongside and help anybody, they should be allowed oh, to. Why wouldn't they sure. want the money? Yeah. You know, and because I'll tell you why, because, um, because people with rare diseases and ultra rare diseases are very, very expensive. People like us who have a, you know, a half a million dollar medicine, there are hemophiliac patients whose, whose cost of care is even more expensive than that wow. um, because of the frequency that they have to get their medication. And it's not the patient's fault, the cost of their care. You know, patients just want to get better. I wish that there was a generic I could go to Target and get. I hate that this medicine is so expensive, but 5% of all rare diseases even have a treatment. So mm-hmm. to be an ultra rare disease with a treatment, we are the lucky ones. And I'm grateful. So the bottom line is they would love to get these expensive patients off their books, get them onto government programs. That's why. And, and that's just not right, especially patients who have policies that they, you know, if people want to come alongside and say, well, pay their monthly premiums or their co-insurance pay- payments, you know, they, they don't want that. So anyway, we said, yes, we would love to go to Washington and, and tell my daughter's story. Mm-hmm. And we had just gotten back from doing that when my husband gets sick. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I say that my daughter saved my husband's life because of her we recognized some of the symptoms. James did not have any of the bruising, but he started getting nauseous, came home on a Thursday from work, being sick, Friday stayed home. And my husband never gets sick. He's Mm. that type that's just, you know, like hates being sick. And I'm like, baby, (laughs) you need to to stay home. Mm -hmm. And then um, Sunday, Saturday morning, he, he was yellow, like looked yellow. And I was like, babe, you need to go to, like, you need to go to the hospital. Something in my gut, again, something's right. wrong. And he was like, well, I'll just go to a, a walk-in. Mm-hmm. That's just like, like a man. <laughs> just like, like a walk-in? Are you kidding me? I was like, no, go to the ER. They can do a blood panel and look for, again, those schistocytes, those fragments of your blood within your blood. Because those show that something is attacking it. And that, and, and that would also show us the blood levels, the hemolysis, what was happening. So he goes to Vanderbilt Adult Medicine ER, and I remember he called me and said, you know, babe, it, it's happening, mm. you know. And I called my pastor again. She actually FaceTimed me, and she was like, you've been here before. You know, mm. you've been, you've watched the enemy retreat, you, you know. And she, I felt like I had my panic. I called my parents because it was like, you know, what are the odds? Yeah. You know, and, and, but, but I, I felt like I, I found my footing much faster. I started like re- release the prayer warriors, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, I just felt like in my mind, it was like a scene from, you know, Braveheart. <laughs> I got like, you, you know what I mean? Like you will regret the day that you came from me and my family. Cause every time you come, the King of Kings smites you down. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I will wage war until my dying breath against, cause the Bible says what we bind on earth is bound in heaven. What we loose on earth is loose in heaven. And I just got convinced of the power of my words, power of God's word. You know what I mean? And even if I can't control what happens, I will release God's promises against you. You know, fully having faith that the prayers of the righteous availeth much. That's what I'm out of control. If this is all out of my control, it was like prayer feels like the one thing I can control. So I called my prayer warriors and everybody mounted up (laughs) Mm. and you know what? Here's what was amazing was when he got there, 
he was in kidney failure. He was crashing so much faster. He was in 20% kidney function on arrival. Wow. And Elise's kidneys did not start failing until like, Elise was 15 days in the hospital, six blood transfusions. I want to say her kidney failure was like day, you know, five, day six. James gets there, 20% kidney function. And they, because of Elise, they remembered approving the drug. I mean, that got fast tracked. A drug that expensive, you know, it took... It still took 24 hours for the hospital committee to approve it, but it was fast-tracked because they remembered Elise and because we had the genetic testing, you know, right there as part of their medical history. Mm-hmm. Elise's nephrologist called James's hematologist and said, run this test. It's going to be positive. Run this test. It will be net. You know what I mean? Kind of helped because mm-hmm. a lot of times you have to prove all the things that it's not before they will approve the drug and prove that this is what it is. And again, it was like God used Elisa's situation to speed up James. And my husband spent a week in the hospital Mm -hmm. and, you know, only had one blood transfusion and he would, you know, thank you, Lord, his kidney function returned to a hundred percent normal. And, and right when with Elise, when Cade, my son was about to crawl, Mm -hmm. How like, how can I go to the, because this would take about two or three hours to drive down to the hospital. I used to have to sit there with my infant son, sit there with my daughter. And and most of the time I had people could come with me to help me. But, you know, every now and then I couldn't. And I'm like, how am I going to do this when my son's crawling around? And the Lord opened up the skies again where Cigna called me and said, guess what? We think home infusions are going to be cheaper than going down to the hospital. Oh, wow. And so now I have a nurse come to my house. They overnight the medicine. And now my husband and my daughter, you know, they're little infusion buddies. They, you know, <laughs> we put on a movie. Put on a movie and, and they do it at home? Do it at home. That's so great. And it is. Again, I, I don't believe God's the author of disease. He didn't cause this. But does he use it for something greater? Yes. Is it sweet? I feel like that my daughter has an infusion buddy. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, and it was so sad when she, I think, first recognized that the dad was going to have the same thing. Because when she came to the hospital, she walked in and started to cry when she saw him. But then it was like, you're doing great, daddy. No owies. You've got this. <laughs> you know, and and, mm-hmm. and and they both, life went back to normal. Like they're both healthy. And I'm so grateful that we got to go back that fall. So James got sick in May. That um, October, we went back to this charity gala and got to tell the testimony. Here's my husband. Like, you know, I got mm. to sing and and perform one of the songs I'd written, you know, out of the aftermath of this. And it felt so full circle of like, you know what? It's not going to stop us. And if it now... It's like now we are the ultra rare of the ultra rare. I have two. We are technically the only known family that they are medically that's medically reported where there's a parent and a child. And if we're the two out of a million, if that's Hmm. just given us a greater microphone to testify to the goodness of God in the land of the living, then so be it. And I love that we represent it doesn't always end in death, you know, that you can you can survive hard things. Cameron, I know I would not want to go through what you have with your husband and your sweet baby girl, but I do know as well that you have found some opportunities here, things that you've been able to be part of or start the good things that have come out of this. You know, again, have it work out for a good bigger than your own family. The advocating work we're doing for changing the laws of the land 
I never dreamed I would be an advocate, you know, be an advocate and do lobbying work. But now it just gives it even more weight to what we've been through, because this is we can pass this law, which right now it's in the House and has like 228 sponsors. and We need more. Um, but if this law can get passed, this this would protect other people who are suffering like us. And and that meant like, man, if that's something we get to be a part of. Then this it definitely makes what we've been through worth it. Okay. Let, let me th- ask you this one. Cause I think just there's some mothers out there who they've lost their child or, you know, it has for them ended in death or, you know, that, and I, I sure, I'm sure you being in the hospital with other sick children, you've seen that end. What do you say to those moms? Well, I wish I could hug them. You know, I feel like sometimes caring, you know, when you're by yourself, a lot of people, sometimes it's hard to draw near to people when they're suffering because people don't know what to do and what to say. And I feel like I will forever now have a tender heart for those who are in the midst of hell because, you know, like it went in my the scripture. Scripture became like my oxygen. It's, only, it's the only way that I can help process what has happened. But the Bible says what you do for the least of these, you do for me, that the least is the greatest. You know, and I think God highlighted like the special needs world and this ultra rare disease world because these these people are tremendous that God cares so much for. So the uh, first thing I'd want to hug that sweet mother and and tell her I'm 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 so sorry, you know. And then I would I would for me because of my faith want to comfort her that I do believe it will it this is not the end that there is another side one day where God will wipe every tear from our eyes and to hold on that now it's a countdown to when you're going to be reunited because I firmly believe. And that, and and I would tell her that to hold on to hope that the time that she had with her child, you know, that all of that, the love that she experienced was a gift, even though the pain was nothing she ever wanted to experience. That, you know, I, I believe that, you know, that that little sweet life, <laughs> you know, was 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 worth it, and that the that God has a way of, that God can still redeem something even in death, that God can heal your heart in a way that maybe you can't fathom yet, but that maybe one day her empathy for somebody else is going to help heal someone. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That, that, that somehow there might be a beautiful, a beautiful way that he, that could still be woven into this, even, even in the midst of the heartbreak. So what would you tell people like us who have, we're not walking in your shoes. We're not, uh, we're we're not experiencing these kind of challenge, Cameron. How can we help? How can we partner? How can we love well? Oh well, first of all, I think what you're one, what you're doing. I think people want to be heard, and I think you've created um, this this capacity for people to to come in and tell their story. And I think that alone is beautiful, you know, and powerful. And and I think believing with people. You know what I mean? There is power and positivity. I believe with you. It's not over. You know, I think just because something's out of our control doesn't mean that there's not still things we can do to help. And I'll tell you what, every text, every meal that was brought, every hug of like, hang in there. It's not over yet. You know, it does. It's like you were running a marathon and when people come up and want to wipe your brow or, or, you know, drive alongside you in the car, be like, keep breathing. You can do this. It it does give you an, a, a supernatural endurance for things. And I and it makes you and it makes you feel like people care that people, you know, and I think signing up for like when you hear about injustices, you'd be amazed at what 
maybe donating five bucks or, or reposting something or, you know what I mean? I think there's just a thousand ways to kind of shed a light on something that says, Hey, I care about this too. And I, and I want to help. I mean, I think it doesn't have to be big. I just feel like little things can mean a lot to people who are going through it. Absolutely. Um, Okay, Julie's I'm just over here crying, crying and I'm crying sorry. and crying. I'm, I'm, I don't know why I put makeup on. This is the silliest thing I should. Um, Cameron, I don't know if you know this, but my husband just passed away seven months ago, and so um, a lot of the things that you were saying, I've experienced as well. Um, you know, the text from somebody who they might be afraid to say something because they might say the wrong thing, um, yeah. but just that little reminder that somebody's thinking of you often really is. Um, all the difference. So I would just amen that and echo that. Um, but Don't you feel like you want to remember him that anytime someone texts you about him, that it's like, I don't want him to die. And we don't talk about him ever again. You want his life to matter. Absolutely. And I'm sure every, t- every time someone mentions him, it's like, it's like a hug because like he, he, he did exist. He did matter. He did do amazing things. He, you know, you, you just want people to acknowledge, don't just acknowledge the heart, acknowledge the, his life, you know, right. you don't want him to die. That's right. Okay. So thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to ask a practical question because we, um, we think it's so awesome that you have taken on this challenge of lobbying for this bill. Is there something practical that we can do to help it pass? Yes. One, call your congressman. Cause here's what's been fun. I feel like I need to go back to high school and relearn. Remember how like bills passed? I don't so, remember. It's a problem. <laughs> no, I think, well, it makes you feel better. I didn't either. But okay. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm teachable. And so people have come in, wisdom and multitude of counselors have helped me. So you have to have, something has to get passed in the house for it to go over and get passed in the Senate. And then eventually that's how the, the bill will get passed. Okay. So right now we're in the house of representatives and you need the majority to vote on and you have to gain support. So right now, if you call your congressman. The the bill is called the Access to Marketplace Insurance Act. Okay. And it's and it's HR 3976, I believe. Let's we'll make put sure. all of that in the show notes to make sure yes. to make it but very act- easy. So you could call your congressman and say, hi, I would love for you. Will you please support the Access to Marketplace Insurance Act? They'll either say, you know what, we already have. And they'll go, great, high five. Yeah. Or they'll go you know, thank you so much. And the more you get people to call your congressman, because the more voters that call, the more people that call in and say, support this, the more pressure that puts on the congressman to support the bill. And then the more congressmen and women that sign on to the bill, then we can eventually get it over to the Senate where it will get voted. They say one in every 200 bills gets passed. And, and if I can say one more thing about this bill that I think is special, you know, right now our political climate is, hard. You know, it's very polarized. And this is a bipartisan bill because Republicans and Democrats can recognize that that this is that this is affecting everybody, that this is an injustice that is not fair. You know, if somebody if a, all we're wanting to do is remove a restriction that just allows third parties to come alongside and help pay for, for patients bills, yeah. fi- provide financial assistance without a restriction. And and I think most people recognize that, yes, people should be able to help if they want to. So I think it's a beautiful opportunity to participate in something that's going to benefit 
the least of these. And again, it's bipartisan. So it, it's, it's bringing people together. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something I was very special about. I'm like, man, this is a very unique bill that um, I get to be a part of. And I've enjoyed getting to speak to both Republicans and Democrats about it. And and I'm, I mean, I'm hopeful, you know, I know right now it's so, it's hard to have hope sometimes when it just feels like there's so much negatively at work against stuff. But you know what? I also just feel like I, I better to try. And I'm, Absolutely. so that's my call. Absolutely. <laughs> call your congressman. Well, we will make sure it's very easy. We'll um, put all of that in the show notes. All right, Cameron, I do know that one of the things you've done through this is it has, as I know all musicians do, your life affects your art. And so you have written a few songs. You have recorded some things that really reflect your heart in this. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, that, is, that is definitely true. I, I feel like songwriting was therapy for me. And I think some of my best songs have come from the storms I've weathered. You know, I, I had the, a few of them that stand out. One of them was Danny Gokey, um, who was an American Idol contestant and is now um, a singer. We, we are friends. And I had an idea for a song that was his most, um, he had a song called The Comeback that was a, a, a radio single. And that's written about my daughter. I wrote that. Oh. A couple wow. years ago, brought Cade to my right, and I had—I all of a sudden was nursing my son, and had this idea for the first verse after a season of nightfalls and pushbacks, after the heartache of wrong turns and sidetracks, just when they think they've got you game set match, you know, oh oh oh, here comes the comeback, and sang that first verse into my phone and sent it to to him and the producer. And they were like, Oh my gosh, we resonate with the comeback. We love this idea. And that is, you know, that, that's beautiful <laughs> to see people who are singing songs about their own comebacks. It again, feels like a redemption of something. You know what I mean? How, how can I, how can I, make something positive come from a negative. Because at some point there was a shift in me that says, even though I cannot control the amount of hits I take, and that's actually a lyric in a song I've written, Mm -hmm. I'm going to do maximum damage to the kingdom of darkness as long as I can. And believing that I'm going to release faith, I'm going to release promises. And so that all, don't blow my cover. It's all out war. That was my go into the land, take back territory. Mm -hmm. And Twist of Fate, not a twist of fate, God, mm-hmm. that was a, a brand new show a couple years ago on ABC called Quantico. And there was a pitch that came in and that my song All Out War ended up landing a five week promo for on for Quantico that landed on every ABC channel affiliate during Monday Night Football, during the Miss America pageant. Oh, you know, awesome. it, it was in the movie theaters and it was such a like, just like that, God took something and, and brought it before, you know, millions of people. And that sent a trajectory to how I ended up signing my record deal. And it was just, again, such a promise of like, who would have thought that, you know, again, in a season of like, I was going to therapy, my daughter eventually got speech and occupational and physical therapy and feeding therapy at one point. It was like, how, how is all this ever going to work? But I didn't give up writing about it. And then that was what was so beautiful. It was like, you know, this is going to get placed in a, a TV show and then that will open up to this. And, and then it was like that, just more, more opportunities for the songs. And my current, I had a radio, my current radio single that ended up being in the um, top 10 in Australia was a song called Born to Bring the Light. Mm. And that was my, I wanted to write a counter, you know, to the enemy. This is how I wrote about it. And yet at the same time responded to it, you know what I mean? It mm-hmm. wasn't, I just didn't 
you know, and so I'm at very, I feel like I'm going to, I'll have a record that comes out this fall, but I, I have loved, whether it's for myself or other people, writing about the hard, writing about the attack, writing about the goodness, writing about the pain, but all from an undercurrent, you know, of hope that it's not over. Absolutely. You know, I love a quote that I read that you said is, uh, I wasn't looking for a fight, but the fight found me. Mm. And I think a lot of us find ourselves in that place. Yeah. We weren't looking for it, but it found us. Yeah. That was my first, that's actually the opening, that's the opening verse to the song Born to Bring the Light. You know, I, I wanted to, how do I tell the story? And that's exactly what it was, you know, but but then this this is the story of like, I, I feel like there was a warrior that woke up inside of me. And, you know, I, I am the most, uh, I have a tender heart. If you would have told me when I was a little girl that, you know, I'd be a warrior, which mm-hmm. I would have been like, you're crazy. Because I wanted, you know, I wanted to be a singer and be a mom. <laughs> you know, you don't ever think Look about the hard things mm-hmm. in life. You know, I, you never, I never dreamed ultra rare disease and special needs kid. And I never saw any of that. But I also never saw who I could become holding on to Jesus through these storms. And that's the thing. It's like my confidence is fully in him that, you know what? It's like he's my front and my rear guard. I have endured more than I thought. And I also feel like I've been used for more than I thought. You know, I feel like that's the other sweet thing. I never, I I, I just feel like there's a great purpose now to my art, mm-hmm. to my advocating work to my motherhood, you know what I mean? To, to just my life. And that could not, I don't know if, I don't know if I could have discovered that in in any, in any other way. You know, there really was something that's come from the fire that yes, came at a cost, but not so great a cost that I couldn't climb out of the pit. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It's not all been rainbows. It's definitely been days when I couldn't get out of bed. And some days I would tell people, you don't need to get out of bed. I felt like that was the comfort that I received sometimes from God. It was like, you can stay right here, sweetheart, and you can have a good cry and you don't need to do anything of it today. You know, I just didn't camp there. You know, I, I think that's the, I feel like sometimes we're either as women, like suck it up, you know, get through this. And that's unrealistic because we're supposed to mourn with those who mourn. There's There are hard things in life that we need to just grieve. And I don't know sometimes if we allow ourselves to mourn enough. And then there's the flip side, you know, but you can't, you can't mourn forever. You know, at some point you got to take, you're going to have to take a step that might be painful and scary and unfamiliar and place to places you don't want to go, you know, like therapy or, or counseling, or I don't know, you know, but I can truly say that is allowing people in, you know, to the hard things and being vulnerable has, they all brought healing. They all brought their giftings to help me. They all, they all, they all helped. And, you know, I want to encourage, I want to encourage women in that, like you have your hard days, but just don't, just don't judge the future based on the present. Leave room that things could get better. Today may suck, but but leave room that things can get better. Absolutely. Well, and I think here at the Grit and Grace Project, basically you've summed up our message because we believe that God will always give you the grit 
that you need to endure whatever he's going to um, bring into your life for his purposes, for the good of the people who will um, walk next to you, who will watch you, who will then draw from strength because they've seen you do it. Um, And there will always be grace for the moment. I mean, I've had people come to me and say, how have you done what you've done? Or I wouldn't be able to. And it's like, that's one of the biggest gifts of God. It's his grace for the moment. Um, and ultimately our grit comes from him. And so we are so thankful that you would come and share your incredible story of both grit and grace. Um, because the truth is, is we're all facing a fight on some level. Um, and you know, there will be the grit and the grace that you need to endure. And I can send you a link to, um, the, there, I'm in a music video that starts out at all in darkness, but ends completely illuminated in light. I watched it. Um, and oh, you can I, attach and the glitter. The I'm sorry, but the glitter eyeshadow. I mean, yes. what's not? To and the love? glitter dress. Okay, friends, if you're yeah, my Julie's friend, you will in. love this video. Okay, I'm just saying we're a little bit soul sisters right now. Yes. So we I will. I do love a glitter eye, and those dresses Girl. came from Rent the Runway, yes. which is like you know, I love Rent the Runway. Oh my gosh, well, you're speaking my fun. language right now. <laughs> okay, I think y'all were separated at birth or something. <laughs> So we're definitely going to um, link to all of that. And, and I'm sure our friends will want to follow you on social media. Would you would you want that? I'm sure you would. Absolutely. All right. We'll, we'll make sure to um, go ahead and tell them real quick how they can find you. So in case they want to type it in as they're listening, um, open up their Instagram and follow you. But we'll also put it in the show notes. Sure. You can find me. My website is CameronJamesMusicOfficial.com. Instagram is the same thing, Cameron James Music Official. I feel like Instagram, you, I love Instagram the most because you can get videos and you can get to see, mm-hmm. you'll definitely, if you like cute children, you will definitely get a, a taste of my life in the music world and also my, in the mom world. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we're so thankful that you joined us today. Um, we will definitely be fighting with you. Um, we will get all of our friends to, um, contact their congressmen and um, we'll be praying for you guys as you continue to walk this road. So thank you so much for being with us today. Thank Cameron. you, Cameron. It was a pleasure. <laughs> It was an absolute honor. I loved every second. As Cameron said so well in the lyrics of her song, I wasn't looking for the fight, but the fight found me. She has shared with us today what uh, she did when that fight found her, and I hope that it's an encouragement to everyone out there that finds themselves in the middle of the fight. Mm So we're going to end this episode. Hope it inspires you. Thanks for listening to another episode of this Grit and Grace Life podcast brought to you by the Grit and Grace Project. Take a few minutes and head over to iTunes to rate and review the show so more people can find us and be sure to subscribe so you never miss an upcoming episode. If you can think of a friend who could benefit from this episode or the show in general, please be sure to share us with her. And for all the details on today's episode, find the show notes by heading to thegritandgraceproject.org. You can follow us on social so you miss nothing that we're sharing throughout the week on all things living a grit and grace life. We'll catch you on the next one.